1: Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? I'm
2: excited about getting to the word with you guys.
1: Amen. Amen. We're definitely going to be doing that today. Also, mm-hmm. with us, as always, is the show's producer, Tony Palacio. How are you doing today, bro?
2: Praising
0: the Lord. And, Chad, how are you doing today?
1: <laughs> I am doing really well. Really <laughs> nice <laughs> that we don't have to do any more shows by ourselves. Right. You know, it's really nice to have Pastor Joe back with amen. us. And this is for the full slate. So, if you're listening today, I believe this is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're listening today, you are hearing for the full slate of episodes. They, we get all four with Joe today. And so we're going to be digging into an important topic. And I want to say thank you guys so much for, for prayers. I know that last week when Joe was out, I, I know a lot of people, when they heard he was sick, were like, no, not again.
2: It was something totally different. I think it was something no, he ate. It was food poisoning, man. <laughs> yeah. It was something. I ate. mean, somebody cooked some meat for a lot of people and it was a blessing and everybody was taking it back because it was like too raw. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, poor guy. felt so bad. He's had us over and and then, uh, so I just started eating mine. And then I just got redder and redder. <laughs> and it, the sad thing, it was like a spiral steak. So I'm thinking, oh, the outside's cooked. But when you spiral it, that means the inside sections aren't cooked that have been exposed. So I got some gnarly bacteria, I think, from that. My doctor definitely said, no, it's definitely food poisoning. And, uh, but that took me out for a few days. I'm like, Lord, not again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had him back for two episodes, and then, uh, you know, then, bam, he gets hit with food poisoning. And you guys know with food poisoning, it's not something that you feel coming on, so there's no warning. It's just, <laughs> right. all right, yeah, you feel like I was wiped like out, dead. man. I feel so
2: good now. Thank you guys for your prayers.
1: <laughs> so, praise the Lord. And and it's cool. We've been trying to keep everyone updated, obviously, on Facebook and stuff. but. Specifically, we try to make some more personalized videos for our smaller Patreon uh, subscribers at uh, patreoncom goodfights because we wanted to thank you guys. And and we were just talking about it. it's such a blessing because uh, because starting the Patreon page, we've actually pretty much pretty close to I guess funded uh, one of our editors. So huge um,
2: because of that, a major cog in what's going on here. Yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah, we're like, thank you, Lord, and thank you guys for helping out, man. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fruit. And Paul states to those who supported ministry, ministry uh, financially uh, and help them in the ministry. I mean, think about that. You're helping the Apostle Paul and stuff. But he said, this will be credited to your account. So mm-hmm. those who, you know, you guys, you're going to, the fruit is, thank you guys. You're bearing fruit and the Lord sees it and it's a blessing.
1: Yeah, amen. And one of the cool things was, is spe- speaking of the editor, he came in. He tried to come in while we were recording, but he came in earlier and, and dropped off a uh,
2: the teaser, the Marvel teaser, one the of them. Marvel teaser. teaser looked really good.
1: So you guys will be seeing that soon. Uh, Patreon will get a little sneak peek, a little bit quicker than everyone else. But uh, you guys will be seeing that soon, and we'll put that up on the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel so that everyone can know that yes, Joe, even while he was uh, you know laid out, he was still trying to work on Marvel. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're, and that's because it's not it's not. You know, we're joking a little bit, but seriously, it's because of how important it is. It is something that, as we've looked into it, and I only know cursory what he's shown me, um, I think it's just as, if not even more, powerful in terms of some of the connections and the clear-cut just out-of-the-mouth statements from these guys. As they sold their souls. As they sold their souls for rock and roll. So excited about that, excited about the projects we're working on right now. We also have the project on uh, Islam as well that we're working on. And uh, Joe will be sitting down to do a bunch of uh, question and answer for that as well soon. So we are excited. We're working. And Joe's back uh, at a full slate just about. So Praise the Lord. God is good. And with that, uh, this kind of gets us right into our discussion because it's really, really important— Guys, when we have things that seem contradictory in the scripture, uh, we have things that are hard to answer. One of the jobs here, we believe, at Good Fight Radio Show, at the Good Fight Radio Show for Good Fight Ministries, is to answer these questions that maybe it's somebody at your work, maybe it's somebody in your family, maybe it's for you street witnesses, because I know we have a ton of people who love sharing the gospel that are on here. They're like, hey, I got to share with this person. Thank you for doing this episode. And this is one of those ones that, I wanna see, and 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 we wanna see specifically, can you catch the difference here? Because we're gonna be reading of an account, and I'll be reading from Matthew chapter nine. If you guys are pulling out your Bibles, I'll be reading from Matthew chapter nine. And I believe Tony will be reading from Mark chapter Mark five. five yeah. So we will oh, we, be reading. You these switched texts. it on me. I did switch it on you. So that that perfect that I said it before I threw <laughs> yeah. it at you uh, on the, the live uh, yeah. recording.
2: And here, Bible critics yeah. will say, "Hey, this passage contradicts this passage, and therefore the Bible contradicts itself." And and we want you to see if you can find the alleged contradiction. There are what we call discrepancies, discrepancies which you you look at. Then you know when you have something, God's word is perfect. You know, and when you when there's a alleged, you know, contradiction, what you need to do is you need to say, Okay, I need to look at the more details, you need, need to pay more attention to what the text says and then it's amazing how these alleged contradictions get dispelled when you start to see there's more to the picture
1: and I can tell you from personal testimony one of the cool things is is those things that were hard to understand when I was a younger believer or or learning the scriptures same are now the things that are so dear to my heart for a number of reasons I mean this is going to be hopefully I'm hoping that this story after we read it in its context and know it's in every synoptic gospel all three right Uh, when we read this I hope that you guys have this embedded in your heart because it is wonderful to see what Jesus does
2: here as well. Chad, what words do I have? The first two words in caps at the top uh, of that. Beautiful symmetry. Beautiful symmetry. <laughs> Remember, you said symmetry earlier in one of our shows. I yeah, you last year. Uh, yeah. For I didn't my show kid. you that, but that's typed. Obviously, I've been here sitting here. I didn't type it. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of funny because I ended this this segment with beautiful symmetry because it's so funny you set it up that way because I thought actually. You know, I, I say that once in a while too, for years I've been saying, like the Abraham being offer up Isaac, the, the stories that seem the most hard to understand and God, what are you doing there? It sounds so sad. And then they become most beautiful because he's mm-hmm. offering up his only son. Abraham as a picture, the first passion play as uh, a picture of what God would do, with the father would do with Jesus and his love for us. And, and uh, it's, it's just glorious how, uh, you know, you, you look at the Arminian Calvinist debate, you know? And you start to see, wow, God is sovereign. He is in total control. But then you realize, but we're so free. And then it's not the Calvinistic form of sovereignism. We're, we're all puppets and everything's predetermined. Even the evil things we do are pre-scripted by God and we have to do them. And therefore, people are sent to hell forever for something God pre-scripted them to do before they even existed. And they couldn't do anything but do exactly what he wanted them to do, which is, by the way, how is that sin? If God scripted you to do it, you did exactly his will, you know? And it's not that. It's not that ugly form of monstrosity, it's actually that God, but, but that God could give us free moral agency and that we could make choices and at the same time he is so sovereign that he could put people in different places, even cause the wrath of man to praise him and his plan to work out in the end to where he has his son's bride and we go into the new heaven, new earth and it's the perfect ending to the story. It's just glorious. It's more glorious. So it's just amazing how God is. But this story, we better get into it. We're going gonna to run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that's true. So yes, we want to get right into this because we are going to see the beautiful symmetry here in the text once we dig into it. So I'll be reading once again from Matthew chapter 9, and I'll start at verse 18. While he was saying these things to them, a synagogue official came and bowed down before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and began to follow him, and so did his disciples. And a woman, who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for twelve years, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will get well. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. At once the woman was made well. When Jesus came into the official's house, And saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder, he said, Leave, for the girl has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. But when the crowd had been sent out, he entered and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. This news spread throughout all the land. So now, Tony's going to be reading from Mark 5. Find the contradiction Tony right. let's this do is
0: it. this is a bit longer than your version. alleged in, contradiction in Matthew, so which
1: is weird because it's in Mark, which is uh, known for brevity. <laughs> or Mark.
0: yeah, yeah so this is starting in uh, Mark it's Mark five verse twenty one. When Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed by the seashore. and one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came and upon seeing him fell at his feet and pleaded with him earnestly saying my little daughter is at the point of death please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live and when uh, and he went off with him and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him a woman who had had a hemorrhage for twelve years had had endured much at the hands of many physicians And had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she had been saying to herself, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that power from him had gone out, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your disease. Now getting back to the uh, synagogue official's daughter, While he was still speaking, people came from the house of the synagogue official, saying, Your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher further? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a commotion, and people loudly weeping and wailing and after entering he said to them why are you making a commotion and weeping the child has not died but is asleep and they began laughing at him but putting them all outside he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was in bed and taking the child by the hand he said to her Talitha kum which translated means little girl I say to you get up and immediately the girl got up and began to walk she was 12 years old and immediately they were completely astonished and he gave them strict orders that no one was to know about this and he told them to have something given her to eat
2: yeah and you know some of you will have recognized i mean it was a, quite a bit of reading there but praise the lord we're getting some bible reading today right yeah, amen uh, you know the, the difference in matthew and mark if you just take it at face value uh Obviously, you know, Mark is a longer version. Not only longer in just the story with Jairus and his daughter, but longer in in the description of, you know, what happened with the the woman and the touching his cloak, Mm -hmm. you know. But it's interesting, you know, scholars point out, you know, of course, that uh, Matthew tends to abbreviate uh, a lot of the the miracles, you know. And and even though Mark's a shorter gospel, it gives a lot of attention to the miracles and more details, you know, in a lot of cases. And Matthew spends a lot more time on the depth of Jesus' teachings, you know? Sermon on the Mount. Uh, you also have the Olive Discourse. Both of those are three chapters each about, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. You have to consider that first off because mm-hmm. that's part of the key to understanding this, I believe. Uh, and But interesting, Bart Ehrman, who's probably considered the biggest critic of Christianity in the world, right? Uh, he states in a book I've been reading recently, uh, which is on the, you know, the historical, Jesus, can we trust the Bible on the historical Jesus, which actually a debate between him and, and Evans, uh, Craig Evans, uh, and the first thing he brings up in his debate, you know, as far as uh, the details, that there's some contradictions, you know, and this is the one he brings up. I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's what made me want to deal with it. I thought, okay, you know what? This is not rocket science here. I mean, this is just really looking at the text, and, and I thought, you know, there's, there's no way he couldn't have seen the different answers and just ends up rejecting them so easily out of hand, you know. Because oftentimes you'll get, as Wallace will point out, you know, forensic science, you'll get, you know, testimony in court where there'll be all kinds of different things said from true, legitimate, uh, accurate testimony that could seem on the surface to uh, contradict until you start to realize that there's layers and then he starts to make sense and there's different timelines and so forth. And that's what you got to look at here. In fact, Urban says on part on page 25 of this book, quote, but wait a second, Mark's in Mark's gospel, she was sick, but hadn't died yet. And because Jesus was delayed, she died in the interim. But in Matthew's gospel, she is dead before Jairus even comes to Jesus. Well, which is it? Well, really, it's before Jairus even comes to Jesus. That's an assumption that I don't uh, see in the text, by the way. Uh, that he just puts there, but when you compare the two texts, it's quite interesting because Matthew abbreviates both of these healings, you know, and uh, Mark gives us uh, a deeper background. According to biblical scholar uh, Craig uh, Blomberg, I think it's interesting what he says, although I disagree with his solution to this, although he makes some points that I believe are helpful, that agree with what I'm going to try to share with you guys. As consistently throughout this, his gospel, and especially the miracle stories, Matthew abbreviates Mark, this time to such an extent that he seems to contradict the parallel accounts in Mark 521 through 43 and uh, Luke 8, 40 through 56 Instead of coming to plead with Jesus while his daughter is still alive, Jairus apparently arrives only after her death. Yet to call this contradiction is anachronistically to impose on the ancient text modern standards of precision precision in story t- storytelling, so he's saying, hey, in, in those times they didn't call for precision in storytelling. Uh, what is more, in a world without modern medical monitors to establish a precise moment of expiration, there is no uh, there is not nearly uh, so much a difference between Matthew's. He gives a Greek word there in verse eighteen, which he says could fairly be translated just came to the point of death. Uh, which is translated that way in Hebrews 11, 22. and eschatos eke, which is Mark 5, 23, which could be rendered is dying, which I think is interesting. He's saying both of those words got to be translated hmm. leaning the opposite way. What is important is not precise moment of death, but Jairus's astonishing faith. Well, I agree and I disagree. I said it is important to get, for accuracy is definitely important here, I believe uh, to, you know, at least it needs to, you know, make sense, you know? So it's interesting, there's a, a second solution that I believe makes a lot of sense, which I find to make a lot more sense anyway. Uh, Matthew does abbreviate, abbreviate uh, what's going on there. And it's interesting because he leaves out you know, some of the narrative. And that's important what he leaves out as much as what he puts in. And Matthew omits, that's important, not only the first statement, uh, the fact that, this, uh, uh, he, the first statement about she's dying he just omits that because he's abbreviating, but he also leaves out that Jairus, uh, that the servant came to inform them that she had died. So he leaves out the first statement that, hey, she's dying. He leaves out the the, the the bigger part of the story. The servant comes and says, she's dead. So evidently, guess what was happening before the servant comes and says she was dead? She was dying. She
0: was dying, yeah. So there's
2: two things happening <laughs> in one text that actually yeah. give us a clue. That there's more to the picture here, which I think is very important. So there's two statements, not one. Now, it's interesting because uh, we read, and I think this is important, Matthew, Mark 5, and 23. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him, earnestly saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. Now it's important to note this next detail. Jairus then or then Jesus goes and does what after that? He heals a woman, right? That touched the cloak. So there's a parenthesis there. And just after this we read this in Mark five thirty five. While he was still speaking, people came from the house of the synagogue of, uh, officials saying, Your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher further? Okay, hmm. kind of lines up with the other one. It lines up, exactly. The beginning of the other Right, and I haven't gone through this with Tony or, or <laughs> Chad yet, right? you already seen it. So what's really happened here? The ruler of the synagogue first comes pleading for Jesus to heal his daughter who's dying. Uh, then folks show up from the house to inform him that she's died, right? So there's really two reports and uh, to Jesus that are presented to him, not one, right? And she was near death, and then she does die. So what's interesting here, in the Matthew account, Matthew 19:18, the ruler of the synagogue says, My daughter has just died, but come lay your hand on her and she will live. Well, when did that happen? Well, first she was dying. Then he finds out that she's died. Okay? And then Jesus overhears it. And he's pleading for Jesus, yes, please, come heal her. Jesus is already on it because he already overheard it too, right? Because he's God. Amen? So this was just a reiteration, reiteration of the first request with the situation having become Obviously more dire, no pun intended there. Uh, so it's interesting here. So uh, this just, you put it together and you see that this whole question about, you know, which was it? It's both. You know, she was dying and then what happened? She died. She died, yeah. Right? And then what, is Mark, what, is, what does Matthew do? Since he abbreviates the story, he just wraps it all into one question and has Jesus, shows where Jesus goes and heals her. And by the way, it's interesting, you read both times that when Jesus goes to her house, you know, Jairus's house, uh, both times he says she's not dead, but she's alive. There's no contradiction there because, you know, he was bringing her to life and she was definitely alive in God's mind. So, Bart Ehrman's question, you know, which which is it? It's actually both. It's not an either or scenario. There's no contradiction, you know, at all. And by the way, this is the best stuff that Ehrman has to offer. (laughs) That's what I wanted (laughs) to say. That was literally (laughs) what I was thinking. I'm like,
1: it's so bad. It's kind of like, you know, I remember watching those videos, you know, Ray Comfort's going to the, you know, UCLA and all these universities and asking the professors, can you show us, you know, any sort of transitional form, you know, can you, can you find us anywhere? And it's like, they all go back to the same thing. Oh, the the, the finches, right? Because a bird, a nose goes in and out. So therefore we have macro evolution. Finches just
2: became finches. They're still <laughs> yeah. finches. They're still <laughs> finches, right?
1: Fish still became fish. Yeah, well, I guess they're still fish, right? Over and over again. And you're just like, we. they all know the exact same answer that is not a good answer. But they have yeah. to grasp at that because they have nothing to go off. And this, by the way, is the critic of critics. Now, mm. usually— and That's we'll, his first point of debate.
2: Usually when you fire off yep. stuff in a debate, the yep. first thing you do—and I want you to keep going there, Chad—you no. fire your first salvos, and it's usually, I'm going to just nail them and win people over. I'm like, really, with that? <laughs>
1: yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because— I've I've heard Ehrman debate. I, I've I've read Ehrman. I, I've done all this, and and the same thing. Like you said, you're starting off with this one. You go to these other texts where, well, was Jesus mad at him or did he love him? You know, the rich young ruler, and and you're like, are are you are you serious? <laughs> like this is the best you got. This is why. Is that
2: with my child or do I love them?
1: Uh, both. <laughs> and either way, it doesn't change anything. And that's why Bruce Metzger, his his former teacher, says that nothing. There's no Point of scripture where we can say we don't really know exactly what this says. The ending of Mark, for example, the yeah. the woman caught in adultery, right? These certain texts, First John five, the the longer ending, and so forth. These texts do nothing to change any doctrine in Christian history. Not a one, not a single Absolutely. one. And this is why he grasps at straws. And even this, when Tony and I were waiting, because mm-hmm. you sent it, you you sent it in the thing. Hey, let's talk about this this week. And I'm like. This is one where I'm like, this just seems so weak, but like you've already made the point. This was his go-to to start his debate, which I can tell you from watching a myriad of debates, that's typically a lot of times all people get through. Go look at a normal time when a, a time code of when someone watches and leaves a debate. It's usually the intros, outros, and maybe they'll skip through and get to the, the audience questions and so forth, right? That's a lot of times what happens when people watch debates. They get a little gloss over. So you got to get that strong point across. And this is what
2: you went with, Bart? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, he set out to write an entire book about how Jesus is God in the Gospel of John. He's presented as divine, but the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they don't show him as divine. He said, "I'll write a whole book about that, and he did. But he, I, I, I think he felt bad that he was writing a whole book on it, and then he was proven wrong. And he admitted. He said, you know what? Which I think is very important when you think of the skeptics, because you have a lot of skeptics, even liberal Bible yeah. scholars. Dr. Say,
1: Shabir Ali in Islam, he uses that as yeah. his argumentation to this day. And liberal Bible hmm. scholars, Matthew, Mark, and Luke,
2: they yeah. don't present Jesus as God. Well, guess what? Bart Ehrman came to, what conclusion he came to. After he did all his research to write his book, he's like, uh-oh, not just Matthew, or not just John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all present Jesus as God. He admits that, you yeah. know? I mean, he admits this in a, an article I just read recently again, is, is well, yeah, he said I was wrong. And they do. Although now it's like, well, do I just fold up the book and become a Christian? No, he says, but they present Jesus as God in different ways. In different ways, yeah. You know? that's and then there's all this weird conjecture, he says, because uh, Luke evidently didn't believe that he was actually you know, even existed, you know. Oh, really? Does Luke say he didn't exist before he was conceived? No. But then he just has to add this other weird conjecture to to just kind of save his book. And it's it's heartbreaking. I feel bad for him. Lord, please wake him up and save him before it's too late Mm because he's in huge trouble talking about stumbling people. So it's just crazy. The the weakness of their arguments shows the strength of the Christian faith because we've got the Mm -hmm. resurrection, guys, over 500 witnesses. The apostle Paul, you know, Saying, why do I fight wild beasts at Ephesus if he's not risen? You know, yeah, why am yeah. I? Why am I? Whether it's wild beasts, literally at, at, at a circus, circus kind of thing, or whether it's wild beasts being contending with wicked Demons, people. Yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah. You know, either way, say, why am I going through all this if if he's not risen? You know. And then we have the prophecies. You know, uh, made more sure. I mean, you got all these detailed prophecies about. I mean, come on. You don't pick up the Book of Mormon. You don't pick up you know the quran and read about how a country is going to cease to exist for some period of time and the people will be spread all over the the country the, the world they'll be hated by everybody the jews and then they'll be brought back and there'll be a time of turmoil and the world will be against them and, and and they'll recover their old language and and they'll be they'll come back even from Kush or ethiopia go there now you see black jews from from Ethiopia, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, and just on and on and on. We can just spend shows and shows and shows and we plan on prayerfully doing a whole expose or just a documentary on Israel yeah. uh, in, in the not too distant future, Lord willing. But you have all these, and typology, all these pictures of Christ that only God could weave together. We have all these wonderful, beautiful evidences. And I was talking about with regard to that story of Jairus, there's actually a beautiful cemetery there which shows you the, the, the uh, <laughs> just the beauty of the gospel writers and how the Holy Spirit weave these things together.
1: Yeah, and I think also, I remember we, we were doing a study on, on Islam, and uh, doc, the late Dr. Mio Qureshi talked about how Mark's gospel was the one specifically that convinced him, and also the Son of Man title of, of Jesus, yeah. quoting back to she Daniel Matthew, chapter ja, 7. Daniel seven yeah. yeah, Daniel chapter 7. But one of the things when you read Mark specifically, I mean, you're talking about verses 1, 2, and 3 calling Jesus Lord. You're, oh, yeah. You're calling him Yahweh. Oh, yeah. You cannot get around it. And from a Jewish context— Quoting to Isaiah
2: about the messenger coming
1: from John the Baptist, yeah. Amen. Calling Yahweh. And if you read it from, yeah. from a Jewish concept of understanding the attributes, the, the things that Jesus does, forgiving sins and so forth, over and over again, Mark's gospel is just as strong as John's <laughs> when it yeah. comes to deity of Christ.
2: Yeah, I recently went through the gospel of Mark and put all the places— and we did a show on that some time ago— but all the places I could find where he's God. And I thought, it's so funny you said that because uh, it rivals John. Yeah. It really does. I mean, John, I mean, to rival John, John 1, 1, 2, 3. <laughs> With his thesis. Mm-hmm. You know, John <laughs> <Yeah>. one eighteen, 18. <laughs> yeah. The Word Becoming Flesh. And then the end of John, which shows his thesis too, is that you know, touch and see that is me. And he falls down, the Lord of me and the God of me. Yeah. Amen. Of course, Joe Biden is not "Oh, he's he doesn't say he's God there. He's saying, my oh, Lord, my God. And he's just surprised. He's, he's just basically using God's name in vain. <laughs> no, he's not. In the Greek, it's not, oh, my God or yeah. oh, my Lord. It's the Lord of me. <laughs> yeah. The God yeah. of me. Amen. Yeah. amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, you guys. We love you. <laughs> Press on in Jesus. We'll see you next time. You've been listening
0: to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com/goodfight. Or you can write to us at PO Box 2202, Simi Valley, California 93062, or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight radio show.